Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing a film that has been on my mind since I saw it. I'm pretty sure I saw it when it came out or not too long after that. It's it's 2012's Liberal Arts. But before we get to the film itself, like Liberal Arts is one of those movies where like I started this podcast like a while ago. Like I think like the original iteration of it was like in 2016 and then I brought it back again in 2017 and there's been like a lot of changes, but liberal arts is a movie that has been on the list forever. Like it was on the original list. It was like, this is one that I need to talk about. And the longer we do the, the longer we did the show and the longer we didn't do it, it was just like actually starting to stress me out because I was just like, we have to do this. We have to do this movie so that I never have to think about it again because this movie is terrible. It's yeah. real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> it's, yeah, it it is. It is one of those movies that's trying so hard to be deep and that always makes it worse when it bombs because... It's not just like, oh, a funny movie that's not that funny. It's like a movie that's really trying to say something. So then when it doesn't say anything, you're just like, God damn. (laughs) That was a lot. Like, (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, I usually come to this show, you know, with with curiosity. And I'm usually pretty optimistic about what we're watching. And I just had no optimism with this. I just knew I just knew that it needed to be discussed and because I'm a completionist, I knew that I had to do it. But every second of this was like hell. Every second of rewatching it was hell. Because I, when I originally watched it, I thought, no, I'm just being too mean. I'm just being too mean. And then I watched it again and I was like, no, I wasn't. When did you originally watch it? Did you watch it when it came out or a few years after? I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure it was a few years after um, cause I, but well, I can't remember if I watched it when I was still living in Georgia or if I watched it when I was in New York, it's really hard to tell, but, um, yeah, it, cause it's a movie that I'm like, if I saw it when I was young enough, I mean, it came out in 2012, so I was already in my early twenties. Um, but if it was something that came out earlier and I had seen it when I was young, I probably would have thought it was like really good. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it came out when I was 20. So by the time I saw it, I was like at least I was at least drinking age because I don't think I saw it the year that it came out. So I was I was old enough to know how full of shit everyone in this movie is. I just I just just like how full liberal arts. OK, it's a film from 2012. <laughs> it was directed by. And written by Josh Radner, most known for playing Ted Mosby <laughs> on How I Met Your Mother. Yes, this is his second film. His first film was called Happy Thank You More Please, which I also have seen. And I think, I, if I remember correctly, it's a better movie than this, but we're still going to be covering it. So don't worry. His He directed two films and we're covering both of them because I don't know this man... Uh, anyway, it stars him, Elizabeth Olsen, Richard Jenkins, Allison Janney, Elizabeth Riser, John Magaro, who is a lesser known actor, but I feel the need to name him, not just because he is, he probably gives the best performance in this movie as Dean. Um, oh yeah, for sure. But also because he starred in First Cow. First Cow represent. (laughs) Like, you gotta watch, if you have not, if you're listening to this podcast, like, we're gonna talk about a movie that you absolutely should not watch. Like, we, you, you know, in the end, we usually say, like, whether you should, you, you don't. What you do need to watch is First Cow. Go watch First Cow. When you're done listening to this, watch First Cow. Bronwyn, have you seen First Cow? I haven't, so I'm gonna have to watch that tonight. Everybody's gotta watch First Cow, cause this this guy, this this actor in First Cow, 
Mr. John Magaro. Good job, sir. You did a great I, job. Every yeah, whenever I've seen him, the few times I've seen him, he's always great. He always is completely in. He feels like a scene stealer to me. Oh yeah, total total scene stealer. So we got him, and we got some character actors sprinkled in here, and then we have Zac Efron for some reason. Um, yeah, we have Zac Efron. <laughs> like, I mean, we'll get into his character in a little bit, but just like he is just the cameo king. That is basically, you know, he is the magic side character. Yeah, this movie premiered at Sundance, which does not surprise me uh, at all. Like, <laughs> now that I've done two Sundance film festivals, I can honestly say this is totally a Sundance movie in the worst possible way. Like, there's the good part of Sundance, and then there's the movie that was clearly made to get into Sundance, and that is this movie. Um, oh, yeah. No, this movie is... <laughs> letting you know the whole time that it will go to Sundance and this is going to yeah this this is like the movie version of someone who says that they don't own a tv because they just read and you're like (laughs) okay I get it you're better than me (laughs) this that is exactly what this is so obviously you know last week we did Wimbledon and this week we're doing liberal arts because we we need to talk about Elizabeth Olsen you know there's WandaVision and we're trying to be current now Elizabeth Olsen is a really interesting actress because for some reason everybody thinks that she just got good on WandaVision and I am here to tell you that her very first movie Martha Marcy May Marlene is an incredible first performance it should have put her on the map she should have been like fast tracked to Oscars right after it it's honestly ridiculous like it, it, it that Marvel is her big thing yes everybody you like your Marvels I watched it I watched all of one division this is not me shit talking Marvel what I'm saying is is that this is an actress who could get an Oscar if she got the right role and you could tell that just from the did you see Martha Marcy May Marlene yes yeah yeah and she's like you do you agree she's like incredible in that movie yeah I agree and I've been honestly surprised by how many people seem to have just kind of discovered her. I don't know quite how else to put it in the last few years. Like I've been shocked by how many people are like, I didn't know Elizabeth Olsen could act in the last few years. Um, because I've just always known that. I mean, I was an Olsen super fan since I was eight. So to me, it, it makes sense. I mean, she watched her sisters and she started acting young and then she started getting roles. Um, I completely agree with you. I think she could get an Oscar. She just needs the right role. Yeah, like Martha Marcy May Marlene was 2011 and she did that film. She did Silent House, which is a re- which was a horror film that was a remake of an Uruguayan film. She did Peace, Love and Misunderstanding, which I'm sure we're going to do on this podcast. And it, that's like it's like out the gate three movies. Liberal Arts comes the second year of her making film. So like right after that. So still pretty early on and she goes on to do some some like films that people i'm sure people thought were going to be big but they weren't there's kill your darlings which was about the the beat writers there's very good girls which is a film that she did with dakota fanning in secret which is some costume a costume drama that i have not seen which is very strange for me she was in the (laughs) old boy remake directed by spike lee like i know that people don't like that movie but she's worked with spike lee can we just can we sit can we sit in that can we just Um, give her a little credit (laughs) can we just can we just hang out um and then you know she and then she did captain america the well she had a cameo in captain america the winter soldier and uh, I, I guess that was rearing up for Avengers Age of Ultron, which she does in 2015. But before that, she does she does Godzilla. She does um, the 2014 Godzilla, which, like, I don't like it, but she's great in it. She does I Saw the Light, which is another movie that was clearly made to go to festivals. That one, This one went to TIFF. And it is bad. It was about... Um, 
Hank Williams, and it was bad. I heard she was good in it, but it was bad. So then she just basically did Marvel for a bit, and then in 2017, she finally like started doing other movies that weren't Marvel again, and, and she did Ingrid Goes West, which she's incredible in, but I hate it. That's there's so much of this. Like her her filmography yeah. for me is like she's incredible in it, but I hate this. I, I was thinking <laughs> that. Yeah, it's it's very rare that I get to see her in something that I actually really like um but she's always bringing it like she she's always all in she yeah she's I she's the a performance great... yes yes totally and it's very upsetting like okay, so she's here and it's it's sad that this is the this is the one that I had to pick but like this is the most obvious choice for the podcast and yeah I, mean, I don't know we also did our whole how I met your mother podcast so it makes sense for us to cover Josh Radner so you know Josh Radner and Elizabeth Olsen yes wow yeah two <laughs> birds course. with one stone and you know Richard Jenkins character actor king like if you want to oh, my introduction love him my introduction to Richard Jenkins was uh, Six Feet Under, which you should definitely watch. Six, he's incredible in that. And he's in like a lot of Coen Brothers movies. He's everywhere. Alice and Janney. I mean, come on. It, yeah. it's, it's Alice and Janney. Like, yeah, I mean, we, we don't need to even... Like, she needs no introduction. She's just like... She's Alice and Janney. And if you see her, you should, you should watch. <laughs> like, yeah. Anything that she's in. And, you know, Zac Efron, he really no, needs no introduction. You know who that man is. Um, the only person who I think, aside from, um, you know, once again, First Cow, uh, Elizabeth <laughs> Riesler probably needs an introduction, even though she's one of those people that's in everything. Um, yeah, but, she is in everything. Like, she's... Uh, I always think of her from Young Adult, but also she was in uh, Easy... Yes. Um, a family and, stone, you know, um, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, so many things. But probably the thing that made her the most money was playing Esme in the Twilight movies. That that was her. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm glad that she has I'm glad that she has those checks because she mostly does small. I mean, she's always working, but she mostly does small movies. So I'm glad that she got that big payday. So this cast, great cast, beautiful cast. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a great cast. Um, there's a lot of potential. If you just look at the cast, you could get pretty excited for all that could happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Josh Radner is interesting because he has only had substantial roles in what, like one, two, three, four, like, like about like five movies. No, wait, one, two, three. It's a small amount of movies, two of them, which he directed. Um, So that is his film career. Uh, He's also in a... He's also in Afternoon Delight, which is a, a, a Joey Soloway um, movie, and it's bad. Uh, <laughs> so, Liberal Arts. It is a movie about a guy who works in a college admissions office at, at some New York college. We don't know which one. I was assuming NYU. Um, just look at, by looking at the office, I was like, hmm, seems like NYU. Or... Yeah, um, I mean, I what? felt like it. I felt like it was implied that it was NYU, but it was funny because the campus is so like not NYU. Like the campus looks like some like New England. <laughs> like it doesn't. Yeah, but oh, wait, I, wait, wait. Did did we see the campus? Because I felt like in the beginning it was just like him at the desk. I mean, he says something oh, in guess, the beginning. Okay, I guess I thought. Um, I thought there was like a, a wide shot, but. Yeah, I might be wrong. Maybe there was. Well, like, I remember him saying specifically, because there's just, like, a super cut of, like, him talking to students and stuff, and we never see any of the students. We just see his responses. And one of the things that he says is, like, you got a campus. The campus is New York City. (laughs) Yes, yes, which is, like, the classic. That is very, I mean, that's very NYU. That's also just very, like, yeah, big city college with, like, a sprawling campus versus, like, a you know, a live-in campus with yards and versus like the campus of the place that he goes to. Right. Like if he, was, 
Because I feel like if he was at Columbia or something, like Columbia has a campus, but like yeah. NYU, NYU I think you're doesn't. Right. I think, yeah, I just kind of assumed, especially just the way, I mean, even the way it was shot and like the the areas of New York that we saw, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's 35 years old. He does college admissions. And, you know, as you watch the movie, you realize that he does that because he's still, like, very obsessed with college. And that's his way of being close to it. But, you know, he... <laughs> it's so interesting that he's, like, disillusioned because it's like, you work in admissions. What did you think was... What did you think? Like, did you... <laughs> like, it, I don't know. If you're so in love with school, then why not just, like, be a teacher? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Like, that's never explained, too, because he seems to be, like, really, he really enjoys engaging with these college students in these, you know, philosophical conversations. So it would make sense for him to go the teaching route in some level, or at least, like, be a tutor, you know? Right. Um, like, but, yeah, doing it, administrative work at a college, that is not fun work. <laughs> I've worked yeah, the office when I was a college student. It wasn't fun. <laughs> And he just has, he has big teacher energy. Like, his entire energy is a teacher. He's also just, like, obsessed with, it's so, it's so weird that he works in admissions. So, he works in admissions, and he's breaking up with his, he broke up with his girlfriend, and we only see her in one scene, and the scene, like... (laughs) he's like he's got a new she notices that he's got a new shirt and she says yeah what do you think of it like do you like it and she's just like I'm not going to answer that because it's not my job to make you feel good about yourself anymore (laughs) I know I thought that that was an amazing singular line for us to know her by because it just like explained so much about their relationship in one sentence I will say writing wise that choice was that was a choice like that that gave us a very clear picture of how she felt she i mean she she had bangs and she was very tired of him yeah pretty <laughs> she, much that that's what we Her learned and I and have then, this in common <laughs> and then she she leaves and then you got elizabeth reeser who works at the bookstore and it's and she's just like oh like your shirt and, and, you know, at which point I think that's really interesting that the script needed her to say that. I mean, I know that it's because at the end, uh, like she comes she comes back into the movie in a big way. But it's just so weird. It's just like one woman is mean to him. So another woman has to be nice to him. We well, just... the world will not be balanced if women are not affirming him. So since one <laughs> since one is tired of him, then we need to have another come through and show that she understands like she understands you know this is a deep thinking guy and he wears cool shirts and he needs to know that yeah and it's just it's just like a regular shirt like you could take it off the like you could walk you could walk directly into old navy pick it up off the rack pay at the register and like spend absolutely no time in the store it's so weird that he cares i know it's not like a it's not like it has this really unique artistic design or even like it's a band shirt for a band that his character loves it's just like a shirt yeah like like on how i met your mother his his thing like one of the many things that he you know because he goes into the mother's room and doesn't know that it's her and like hasn't seen her because he was like dating her roommate or whatever and he finds like a cd of the unicorns and he gets really excited it's just like i love the unicorns and it's like and even i a person who loves the unicorns felt embarrassed like can you just chill um so yeah i mean that's like a very high school or teenage way of thinking about who you're going to be into of course you want to have something in common but to be like you also like a band okay you, you, <laughs> you get it like a band like an, an obscure and at some point in the movie he mentions obscure indie band so I almost feel like it was I don't know I feel like the unicorns thing was his idea like he just like told the I writers, definitely like, think I that like John Radner probably added some stuff and based on this movie it is giving me more insight into which parts of how I met your mother he might have nudged He might have said, oh, I think Ted would insert, you know, he would be into this band. 
Right. Yeah. It's so it's so interesting that like, you know, he has like I remember he did like a thing for GQ where he was like being like, you know, Ted Mosby, like that's done. You know, everybody needs to chill. But it's like after watching this movie and Happy Thank You More, please, I'm just like this. He is Ted Mosby. I don't understand. There's no distance. There's no way to do distance when this is who you are. I don't. (laughs) I know. I kind of that was interesting to me, too, because I, I have read those interviews where he's you know, trying to distance himself with Ted from Ted, which completely makes sense, especially given a lot of our critiques about how I met your mother. And based on the interviews, it seems like he's somebody who's thinking about how, you know, uh, TV affects culture. And so maybe he even has his own misgivings about Ted Mosby. So it was interesting to see this movie. And it made me curious, like, does he realize that this character is more similar to Ted Mosby than I'm sure intended? <laughs> right yeah he he, like this character is more of a loner like this character doesn't have like you know the same friend group every day like the context is different but like this ideal this ideal around love and this idea that like i think it's like the characters that think that they're deeper than everyone else it's such a funny trope to me well yeah it's it's very that so like he gets a call from richard jenkins who is telling him that he's like he's gonna leave you know the university it's a university in ohio i feel like i i kept on thinking about oberlin which i've never been to oberlin but like i've heard enough about oberlin like as in like the the culture around it and the people that come from it like lena dunham like uh and i went i actually went to nyu with somebody who was at oberlin at the same time as lena dunham and everybody like oberlin seems to have this i think that this school is supposed to be oberlin um is what i'm saying and i i, 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 don't, yeah, I didn't have any direct guesses so i like hearing yours well, it's a it's a liberal arts college in Ohio. And so that's that's Oberlin is the first school that I think of. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And it's you know, it's one of those things where like also like the air of it is like very literary and like very important, which also um, screams Oberlin to me. So he so Richard Jenkins, he's gonna he's gonna retire. And so uh you know, Josh Radner was one of his favorite students, so he wants to come wants him to come to the dinner and like they can chill or whatever. And it's just like Yeah, it's it's like that's sweet. I, I wish the movie was more about their friendship, to be honest. Partly because I love Richard Jenkins, but also just I found their dynamic more interesting than Josh Radner's dynamics with women. Um, but yeah, he comes, he comes to basically see Richard Jenkins off and, you know, hang out on his old campus a little bit. Um, and it is there that he meets Elizabeth Olsen because she is the daughter of two friends of Richard Jenkins. And so like the first night he gets there, they end up going to a dinner they just like go get food before Richard Jenkins has to give his speech. So he keeps like seeing Elizabeth Olsen like in these uh, kind of group settings around Richard Jenkins. But this is where they get to have their little one-on-one exchanges to plant the seeds of connection. Oh yeah. Yeah. That happens at the party, but the, the dinner before the party is so funny because like, she's just like talking about improv and like how much she likes it. And she's like trying to explain yes. And it is oh, one of the most Jordan, dorky conversations I, I've like, ever seen. I, was, I had such bad secondhand embarrassment in that during that scene. So like, of course, once I find out that her character does improv, I'm like, Oh cool. This is going to be annoying somehow like the movie will not let it like there's no way this movie isn't gonna make this annoying right like a character that does comedy let's make it annoying so then immediately um you know her mom is like oh i just don't understand it you know classic right parents don't get it and she's just like yeah i just love it because it's such a risk and you have to like let go and lose control and of course this is the first moment where josh radner is kind of like wow like he's like looking at her like Wow, maybe she has some thoughts. And then uh, 
somehow yes and the rule of yes and comes up and she's like trying to explain it to them and i will say this was so painful because there's so many really easy jokes you can make with yes and like there's so many easy jokes that they could have done in this scene and they don't even they don't do anything there's no joke she basically goes (laughs) she's trying to explain it to josh radner and she's like she hands she she has him hand her um sauce or some condiment it's like okay so what happens so, is that I, she, okay she's in she's like i'm in the desert i'm thirsty she asks her mom for a glass of lemonade and of course there's no lemonade on the table and so her mom's just like what like her mom just like logistically doesn't understand like why would there be lemonade in the desert there's no lemonade on the table and then elizabeth olsen's like whatever and then she just turns to josh radner (laughs) and and she's just like pass me that glass of lemonade and he like passes her a glass of water and then she like drinks it and then he's like i'm nailing it and i just love that this is like them flirting um is them Disgust, like disgusting? Disgust, <laughs> absolutely disgusting. Also, very embarrassing that this grown man is like, hell yeah, this like nineteen year old is explaining improv to her mom. This is my chance to show off how cool I am. Like what? Oh my god! <laughs> this is so painful. And then and then the next shot is like everyone's walking out to the cars, and she's just like going on about improv and like college and just like her mind is being open. And I mean, it's Elizabeth Olsen. She's very charming. She seems like a nice young lady. Right. But it's just, you immediately know, of course, that they're going to be a thing. There's no question of that. Um, but the way they meet is just so uncomfortable because, and I, I know that this was on purpose in the movie because it highlights the age difference, right. That like he's meeting her th- Kind of through her parents. Yes, her, she you know, is the daughter. <laughs> there's the generational thing where it's like him and her parents are friends with the same professor. <laughs> right. And it's just, and it's, he's 35 years old. He's 35. We're, we're going to get to that. Okay, so then he's walking around the campus and he runs into Zach Efron, who is a character who seems chronically fucked up, but makes a huge point of saying that he only drinks water. And this this whole Zach Efron character is one of the most annoying things about this movie. I hate him. I um, he's the not water even he's, thing was just like I assume that that was just a nod that he smokes weed and he doesn't drink. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess that that's what it is. Because, like, I would have just loved it if he was just smoking weed. Like, show him smoking weed. At least it would be a reason for him just, like, being so... Obno- He's so annoying. He's the kind of character that you know is written by a grown man who is just like, this is how the teens are. And it's like, the teens... Like, if you passed a, a real, like, legitimate high white dude at a college, he's not going to be talking to you. Like, no way. freaking out like to himself or looking at his phone or something like he's not yeah i mean zach efron's character is like one of those kind of classic characters where there's almost this magical element it's almost like he's an angel appearing to give a message like it's that kind of energy like he's just high sitting around campus. He starts conversation with Josh. And the first time they meet, he's like, Hey, I I hear sound. Like, let's go to the party. Like, you're only alive once. Let's go follow the sound. YOLO. And and yeah, so they go to the party and Elizabeth Olsen is there. And, you know, they have a little they have a little cute talk and then they um they decide that they're going to meet for coffee in the morning. <laughs> they have like a little, like little cute exchange where it's just like, Oh yeah. Like I'll meet you at, I'll meet you at like nine. And she's just like, uh, 1130 because she's in college and she doesn't wake up early, which is, which is bullshit. I, when I was in college, I woke up at like 7am every morning. What the fuck are you talking about? I, I know. Morning classes. Well, I felt like that, like, see, I felt like that exchange was, her roasting the fact that he was making early plans after a party, like that he's like, let's get up at nine after the party. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That might be, that that might be what was going on. So he gets up and he's like waiting for her 
And this is where we meet uh, Dean, a.k.a. the the only character in this movie that, like, uh, I was invested in. Dean, played by um, John Magara. And Magaro. And Dean is very depressed, and he's reading Infinite Jest. And you know what? The thing is, is that this depressed teenager is allowed to read infinite jest. He is allowed to do this. What is, what is unacceptable is Josh Radner walking up to him, picking up the book saying it's, it's the best book ever written. And then just like, I just need to like hold it in my hands. It's so obnoxious. And then he puts it down and then, and then Dean rightfully is just like, yeah, it's kind of fucking stupid that you're calling it the best book ever. And like, why is everybody so fucking hyperbolic about everything? And it, it's it's clear that the scene is supposed to be like, he's depressed and he's mean. But the thing is, is that he's right. He is right. Yeah. He's like, everybody at the school thinks everything's the best or the worst. And there's no nuance. And how can you objectively know that something's the best when you've only read whatever fraction of books that exists in the world that you've read. And yeah, it is supposed to establish him as like, oh, wow, this kid is depressed, which yes, he is, but also he's right. Both can be true. Also, it is very strange for a man in his 30s to randomly just go grab this college kid's book with such authority as if like, it's very much the, oh, we're the only two people in this room that know this book exists, which is patently untrue. You're on a college campus. Even if no one else in that room has read David Foster Wallace, they know about him. I didn't know it was Infinite Jest at first until he made that that quote about like, because I was like, that looks like Infinite Jest, but I'm not sure. And then he like quoted, he did a quote and then I typed the quote into my phone and it was like David Foster Wallace. And I don't remember what was the quote. Um... I don't remember the quote, partly because so much of this movie is written. I mean, there's so many moments where Josh Radner's character is quoting something in this movie. It's insufferable, like where he's just like, ah, as this great thinker said. (laughs) So I don't don't remember which uh, infinite jest quote. Yeah, he quotes David Foster Wallace. You know, if you watch... So... I mean, eventually Dean apologizes and he's just like, I don't know. Like, he's just like, I'm sorry. I'm just like depressed. I don't know why I'm snapping at you, which is really, which is really nice of him because like, that's also something that I would do, but also Josh Radner is really annoying. So it's just, I don't know, very endeared me to him that he apologized to this obnoxious 35 year old man. He was very vulnerable. He was like, you know, I just had this moment to myself where I thought, why am I snapping at this guy who likes the same book as me? And so that really plants the seed uh, for them to have a connection. And of course they're going to end up seeing each other more in the movie. Like they're, they're all of their run-ins are on accident. The first few times it's like, because Josh Radner is on campus because he's hanging out with Elizabeth Olsen in the cafe. Um, it's not until, they've seen each other a couple times and it's been, and Dean has basically shared in passing. Well, actually Elizabeth Olsen is part of the reason that Josh Radner knows how depressed Dean is because she sees Dean leaving right after he apologizes. She comes in and she mentions offhand. She's like, Oh yeah, he's super smart. He had to leave uh, last quarter because he had a manic episode. Um, you know, I hadn't seen him since then. So Josh Radner has this knowledge about Dean before Dean even really talks to him about it. He's like, oh, okay, this, uh, this young man has been struggling. And so he feels more compelled to kind of reach out to him when he runs into him down the line. Yeah, which is which is good. I, yeah, I'm way more, see. I'm way more interested in that than the romance because so they start talking or whatever. See, I need to even look at my notes because their entire romance was so exhausting to me. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, it, it's very like you know they hang out at the party, they have coffee the next day. She's hungover, uh, and like I can't. They, 
they they talk a lot like she she she's taking a class on classical music and she's talking about like how it changed her life and like you know they're talking about improv they're talking about classical music she's talking about like uh basically like you know she basically acts like there's no one at the school that's like working on her intellectual register and like she's just so excited um that i mean which is like you know you're a college student like it's it's weird because it's just like i mean she's 19 so like that makes sense that's how a lot of 19 year olds are (laughs) like it's just a thing it's just a thing where like her behavior is so similar to his behavior and it's just it's because he's not i don't know it was just all together it's just like so exhausting Um, well yeah i mean that is that's something that like they literally say out loud in one scene, he's like, I can't tell if you're really advanced or I'm really stunted. And she's like, I'm really advanced, which is like, okay, honey, sure. Oh, like, oh, sh- we've oh, all sweet. told ourselves that, like, you know. And sh- and again, I like, I think her character is sweet, but she shouldn't be dating this Josh no, Redner yeah. character, right? Like, I, mean, I think she's like, she's a nice, smart 19 year old. She's emotionally immature. He's very emotionally immature to a point that's almost predatory (laughs) like so he's the one but yeah I agree with you the fact that they both have this whole like I'm the only person with thoughts in the room uh form of self self obsession is that's really what bonds them is both of them kind of being like no one else is like awake, which is very right. funny to do on a college campus. It's not like they're coworkers and they're the only coworkers who like to read or something. It's like they're on a college campus. Most people are thinking about you're, whatever yeah, you're literally they're learning. At college, but yeah, she says something about like how no one here wants to improve. And I'm just like, okay, sweetheart. And um, they're also just like very like, Ch- chastely romantic in a way that annoys like when they're done talking she's just like we should hug and i'm just like oh that's okay she yeah she's the thing is is that like for me like i know that she's supposed to be 19 years old but the register that she's working on just does not read as 19 for me i she seems younger and i don't it's yeah, I mean, it's interesting because her character, like, there's definitely ways, her character is interesting because there's ways in which her character feels younger, I would agree. Like, she doesn't seem to have self-awareness in certain ways that I felt like I had at 19. But also some of her immaturities do feel very, like, kind of normal for a really young college student. Um and, and then yeah. there's and then there's areas where she feels older, so it's kind of confusing, right? Yeah, like the, the yeah. Time, sometimes when she's chill, I'm like, I don't think a 19 year old be that chill about this. And then other times, she's like really naive, and I'm kind of surprised. It's it, I feel like her character was just written badly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so I, I'm. I'll just like give some more frameworks, and then we can talk about we can talk more about this. So, um. Before he leaves Ohio, she burns him a CD of like all of the the classical music from her class. And like he's super touched and he's like, got it. And then she's just like, you should write me a letter. She's just like, you know, with pen and paper, you could seal. It's just like this whole this whole thing uh that she's doing and so he goes so he goes back to new york and then they proceed to write incredibly pretentious letters back and forth to each other in which they say things like this concerto is no joke um (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because it's true (laughs) uh beethoven dot 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 whoa um uh at some point uh josh radner says that like uh, something says that something elizabeth olsen said is like helping him work through his hostility towards dead white males um so here's the thing 
all Josh, all Josh Radner likes is dead white males. That's such a weird thing for him to say. And it's not the first time he brings up race. He talks about like whiteness and like racism a couple times. And it's weird every single time because there's absolutely no part of his personality that acknowledges anything that isn't white. So, so why yeah, is he I, talking about it? I was absolutely <laughs> thrown by that too, because I was like, okay, you haven't referenced any artists or writers who aren't white men, like all of the people that you laud in your conversations, you know, with Elizabeth Olsen and with Dean are about white male writers. And like, there's not, he doesn't, there's not even like a relation. Like, it's not like he's like super close with anyone who's not white or like, there's no, there's like, no one in the movie. There's, there's no one in the movie who is yeah, like, except so for the, weird, ro- except like, the roommate, the character. The yeah, one it's not roommate like in college, character. he got obsessed with Fanon <laughs> or something. You know, it's like he's just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's so weird. It's like, it's like he knows that he has to say something like progressive and he just like keeps on throwing in things that like I don't think, oh my God. Although, anyway. I, although I guess on that point, that is something that that character would do, right? Like, is like say that and it wouldn't actually make sense but that is kind of realistic yeah pretend like he that he has issues with dead white males okay sir and um and so uh most of the pretentious things that i read are things that josh radner said but elizabeth olsen gets in a line too and this is the one that i wrote down was she was talking about classical music and like all of the emotion in it. And then she says, are people writing music like this nowadays? If they are, I, I haven't heard it. And like the moment that she said it, Hey, Hey, you know, I, I can answer your question. Fictional character. Guess, guess who's doing it. Composers for film scores. God damn it. It's right there. You would think that all these fucking pretentious. You know what's funny? These bitches don't know anything about movies. It's just like you want some classical music? Fucking watch a watch fucking any movie nominated for an Oscar. There's there's classical music. Like, what are you talking about? I don't I also like I my immediate thought was I got just such I thought about like Brooklyn dad tweeting about Phoebe Bridgers. Like when she smashed her guitar, you know how everyone was like, oh, like, like where, where he was like, I don't understand why she's smashing her guitar. And it was very like, this music isn't valid for smashing a guitar. And even though he likes bands that smash guitars, it just had that like boomer energy. Like, and it was funny for this 19 year old to say that. (laughs) No, yeah, no, it just just makes sense. The kids are listening. I, I was like, what? Uh, there's so many things to unpack here. Well, because like later, like the big argument, the big argument, she has two big arguments with Josh Ratner. One is about whether or not they're going to have sex. And the other one is over the Twilight series. He like, he re- so Elizabeth Olsen loves opera classical music romantic literature and fucking twilight here's <laughs> i mean that does okay. track with the sexual repression it, no yeah <laughs> totally the thing about it is is that like i also liked a lot of like I guess fancy for lack of a better term things. And I also read twilight and I, you know, I'm open about reading twilight and I'm open about thinking that it's interesting. Here's the thing though. This character, this girl is so invested in whether or not Josh, Josh Radner likes her that the whole argument does not make sense because I don't believe that she would actually defend it. I believe that like he would see the Twilight book, she would be embarrassed, she would move it away, that would move on. But the fact that there's an entire portion of this movie about I believe the book is New Moon. Nobody says it. Nobody says the name, but I got to look at the cover and I'm pretty sure it's New Moon. The fact that they're all just like are, they're arguing about New Moon not calling it New Moon, not mentioning any of the characters. And then meanwhile, there's an actress from the Twilight movies that is in the movie. <laughs> and that's just like, it's it's so weird. But I just, I, I one, I, 
I'm not saying that she wouldn't read it. I'm sure that she would. But I don't think it doesn't make sense that it would be their argument. And like I understand like thematically why it's there because it's like him realizing that she's young. That argument is when realizing that she's young because they so they've been doing letters and then she's just like, I want you to come back. And so he goes back to Ohio just to spend time with her. And so they have this whole thing and so much of it is about Twilight. And then at some point she's just like, why are we arguing about these books when we're spending this time together? And like, you know, it's very clear that the argument is kind of precipitated by like her acting wildly out of character and him being uncomfortable with her being 19 for the first time. (laughs) Like, it's so. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I also didn't buy that she would argue with him about that because she's so invested in impressing him, but also she is invested in seeing more intellectual and her character does not feel comfortable enough with herself or comfortable enough with um, nuance and contradiction in this way to be able to be like, yeah, I like this. That's enough. Because the whole rest of the time she's trying to prove that her taste is superior. So it felt like a disconnect for me. Right. Yeah. I. It's, so this, this character, I, I just think her know, character I, was written so uneven and like, I, so, I I just was so confused. Like I I really like Elizabeth Olsen. I think she did the most she could with this character, but I don't really think that Josh Radner knew who this character was. I no. mean his character his character certainly didn't, but like I don't think as the screenwriter he knew who she was. No, okay. So the problem so like l- let's get back to the sex. Um so they have an argument about Um, having sex because she, you know, after their whole like argument over Twilight, she's just like, I I want you to spend the night with me. I want you to have sex. And they proceed to have this whole argument about like, essentially Josh Radner's like, you know, I'm the adult here. You don't know what you're doing. I'm not sure if you're ready for the emotional implications of what's going to happen. I'm not sure if you're ready and like stuff. And then, of course, she gets angry and offended because suddenly he's treating her like a child. And that's, you know, and, you know, and that's yeah. honestly the most realistic part of the movie. Um the thing about it is, though, and I think that this is what I was trying to get at earlier. I'm not saying that, like, th- when they first met, she should have immediately jumped his bones. What I'm saying is, is that their entire correspondence has no sexual energy at all or any, like, rom- no romantic energy either. Like, the letters that they write to each other could so easily have been, like, I don't know. Or, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, it, he could be like her older brother's friend that she's known since she was a baby. Like, I completely agree there. Because I, I think the scene where she asks if she can hug him is so weird because I feel like it's trying to say this is the beginning of a physical, you know, they're crossing a physical line, but a hug is really not that line. Um, it no, was awkward. Not. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, there, there is no sexual energy. And, I mean, they, they don't have chemistry. There's no sexual energy between them. And so, like, it's a thing where... This is really dicey territory because she's 19, but it's also, like, this movie wants us to see her... This movie wants us to see her as a child and a woman at the same time. And it's so exhausting. And I don't, and it makes it really hard to talk about because I just really, and it's not like, like people have like compared it to like um, Woody Allen in terms of like what it's doing. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's quite that. I mean, you can tell that Josh Radner is a person that likes Woody Allen movies while you watch this. You can definitely tell. Yeah. Um, but it's also clear that he's aware of how not wh- the ways in which he's not supposed to be creepy. But the thing is, is that he's writing this character who could easily be in a Woody Allen movie, but he's trying to make it not seem creepy. So like the unevenness of her character doesn't work because he's not a Woody Allen character. He's smart enough to know 
when he's crossing a line right. and yeah. yeah and so it's just like and he's got a very strong moral compass in a way that a lot of Woody Allen characters do not have so it's just where we're at it's just a very it's it's all very uh confusing yeah it's confusing because it's like why explore this theme if you feel if it feels it feels obvious that he knows this theme is tricky to explore or there's not really anything to say there like what's the theme right the theme is that he is you know approaching middle age and he peaked in college or that's how he feels about himself he feels that he peaked in college he misses it he wants to relive it he has this connection with a 19 year old and it makes him feel like he's back in college in a good way but but the whole time he knows like I'm not in college and Richard Jenkins even catches them you know eating together on campus and Richard Jenkins pulls Josh Radner aside and is like you know I, uh, I have taught here a really long time and I still feel 19. He's like, I still feel 19, but I look in the mirror and I'm not 19. I'm an old man. And I've had to remind myself he's not Richard Jenkins. Isn't like, Oh, I had to not hit on the students. He's just like, I have to remind myself that I'm the adult and that like, just because I feel young doesn't mean I am young. Um, and that's his way of basically saying, hey, dude, like, don't get with a 19 year old. <laughs> like, right. And like, yeah. And if this if if this was a Woody Allen movie, Richard Jenkins and him would have a very different conversation. And the oh, conversation sure. would just be like, oh, you're interested in her. You know, like it would be something weird. It would be something like, you know, I'm getting tired of my wife and I'm thinking about getting a younger girl. Like it, like the whole energy would be different. But like oh, for sure. The, yeah. Because, but it's just like you can't just chastely exchange letters with a 19 year old and then just be like, and then like expect us to be like, okay, there's a romance here. You have to decide. And I'm not saying that they had to have like dirty letters or something, but there had to be some kind of indication of some kind of sexual energy before that. And there wasn't any. So, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I. This is and so it's made worse by the fact that like they shoehorn in a I I mean if you could even call it a love story they like shoehorn in another woman they bring her back right home um, right they bring her back there's okay Elizabeth so there is two- plays like a character named Anna and she's brought back at the end to just be in a few scenes so that Josh Radner can end up with someone who's the right age yeah oh my god they're like even when they're kissing near the end he says like age appropriate and it gives her pause and then she goes back to it i i i hate that because a woman in her 30s would hear that and just be like absolutely not i am oh my god if I, yeah if i made out with a guy and he was like <laughs> age appropriate i'd be like you know what i don't have time for whatever it's, this is like i like you're disgusting <laughs> Like, also, am I supposed to give you a cookie for being around someone the same age as you? Excuse you and your weird, like, yeah. It's so wild. Okay, so, but before before that happens, we have to, so he spent, like, a lot of the movie when he's not trying to, like, have have a fucking Victorian correspondence with a 19 year old. He's just like lusting after Alice and Janney, who is a professor that like taught her like the classic, like romantic literature and poetry um, when he was in college. And he talks about like how she's like still hot. And it's like, it's Alice and Janney. Of course she's still hot. And then they, they have drinks together. They talk about litter. They talk about, they talk about Ode on a Grecian urn, which I, I fucking hate. One time in like, like high school, I had to write an essay about what I thought Ode on a Grecian urn was about. And like, I got like a D because like my, my teacher was just like, no, you got it wrong. You interpreted it wrong. And I painted that. I've hated that poem ever since because fuck off. Um, so they're like talking about Keats and shit. And then they end up like, she, I, Alice and Janney's just like, 
we're gonna get in it we're gonna get in a car we're gonna go somewhere we're gonna fuck like she's just like very direct about it and then they fuck and then like immediately after coming she's just like okay you gotta get the fuck out and he's just like wow i can't stay and she just like lights a cigarette she's just like no and then they have this whole weird exchange where essentially it's like boomer versus gen x it's a boomer versus gen x conversation where she's just like oh you know what i'm tired of it's it's the same thing that people say about millennials now and gen z is just like i'm tired of you fucking soft boys like man like man up you're just like all just like too whiny and romantic and why don't you learn how to like build something do something be a man and, and and he's just like wait but like didn't you teach me like classic romantic literature what the fuck and she's just and she's just basically like you know what life is hard and i'm pissed off and you're annoying <laughs> yeah she's like and what's funny to me about that is that he seems way less offended by her calling him you know a soft boy she might as well have called him a soy boy like she's just like right she, like, she, like this like, is some like thought catalog it. like energy <laughs> um but it's, he's like less offended by that than he is by the fact that she doesn't like her job like he has this whole thing where he's like wait you don't like your job you don't think it's magic to be a professor and she's like no like she's like i'm tired <laughs> like i just thought that was so funny it was like he discovered santa wasn't real discovering a professor that wasn't happy with her job um and like i'm like how are you in your mid-30s and you don't realize that there's people who don't enjoy their jobs like what what is this this moment for you and then and then he's like well you know what maybe i am soft maybe i am gooey but like you're part of that like you planted this literature in me you like uh, this poetry has changed who i am and so like you're part of that whether you accept it or not and it's definitely one of those scenes where it's supposed to be a capital m moment and i was laughing <laughs> yeah no because it's it, it, he just sounds he sounds like an asshole i mean like they both do but like she's she's at least an asshole that like i understand i understand where she's coming from like it her her boomer energy is like through the roof like boomer levels on high but like what he's doing is just like isn't there anything better being a tenured professor how could you not be happy and it's like what she's fucking you yeah she's obviously not happy she's obviously not happy you to come to the car she drove you to her room she had you fuck her she fucked you and then she told you to leave (laughs) yeah it's like no she's she's obviously not happy and it's weird that he's just like he's just he's so hurt i don't yeah that entire exchange is weird and it's like i I mean he has such like 14 year old who bought a moleskin energy like yeah he reminds me of like myself when i was like in middle school (laughs) like just being like no one else has read a book or listened to a band and like i'm like deep and sad but he's like a grown adult (laughs) he he really is and i don't know like that's the um (laughs) yeah that's like the turning point where he realizes that like he needs to be an adult and he needs to oh also there's like a there's also a good scene with dean where he's just like uh well, cause like Dean, he has to come back to the campus because, uh, Dean is a suicide attempt and, um, Josh Radner realizes that like, basically like, cause what Dean needed is like support and like, um, mental, mental health, like mental health, mental health. And, you know, he needs you know, guidance. He needs help. And all Josh Radner really had for him was like, isn't college magical? Like, you should be having a great job. And like, finally, after this child has a suicide attempt, he's like, okay, maybe I'm glamorizing college a little bit. Maybe you shouldn't be reading Infinite just right now. Maybe you should read some Twilight. I loved that. Maybe you should read some Twilight. Yeah, he's basically, he he actually says it one point like maybe twilight i mean he doesn't say twilight of course but maybe these books will 
help cure your depression. <laughs> like this, <laughs> like, you know, there's a few ways to look at this movie. This is a movie that is either trying way too hard to be deep. It's trying to be an art movie. Um, it's, it's kind of like, it's emulating Woody Allen in certain ways, but it also knows that it doesn't want to emulate Woody Allen and that's where it doesn't really commit or figure out what it's doing. Or it's a really long, complicated ad for Twilight. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think that that, I could get on board for it as a long ad for Twilight. Am I going to watch it again? No. But looking at the time I spent watching it, I feel better about it framing it in those terms oh yeah no i mean this movie definitely made me come away with you know maybe i could i could crack open twilight again or i could or i could watch the movies because i have more fun watching them than this movie 100 percent 100 percent the twilight movies are more enjoyable than this <laughs> it's so <laughs> It's so bad. It's so bad. It's also giving time. Okay, so like after, you know, the sex slash not sex ordeal when like, you know, they've moved on, there's a scene where Josh Radner and Elizabeth Olsen are talking to each other and it's it's very much the like closure scene, right? And she has this whole speech about how sometimes she wishes she could speed up time and sometimes she feels like there's a future her watching her that sees all her potential and she just has to like keep living to get there. And like that sentiment, like, yeah, totally. Um, but there's a moment in this speech where it feels like she's basically saying she wishes she could just be older to date Josh Radner. <laughs> like, like she's oh, like, if 100%. only I was ready for you. <laughs> it's just like, I was dying. Oh my God. Like the thing is, is that like the moment that, the moment that she turns 35, she's going to realize that he is the worst 35 year. Like she oh, could, yeah. be so much, could find so much better of a 35 year old than, than him. Like He's only, I mean, it's, it's the Ted Mosby problem too, where he's most appealing to someone who is not aware how childish he actually is. Like you won't know until you're that age. And once you're that age, you realize that he is a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. that is like very apt. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, I mean definitely don't watch it. Um but Elizabeth Olsen yeah. is great. She deserves love. Uh Zach Efron for some reason was here playing a stoner that doesn't smoke. <laughs> and everybody should you know be nice to yourself. If you're listening to this, we appreciate you and we love you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if if Josh Radner comes to you and you're working in a bookstore and he's just like, I love books, date me. Maybe don't. Like, I'm sure that Elizabeth Reeser at the end of this movie is going to be fine. I, I do think it's weird that they just started dating and they're already talking about growing old yeah, together okay, at the end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> And it's like, you know, he sees her again in the bookstore. They end up having a long conversation. And then before we know it, the end of the movie is them just talking about getting older and like embracing it and accepting it and being like, you're going to be a cute old person. So are you. And it's implied that they'll be old together. And I'm like, damn, OK, <laughs> you just you just met this bitch. Like, I don't <laughs> anyway, I like is going to dump him in a month. <laughs> It's like, you know what? And I feel like it's very important as we are in the pandemic and hopefully as the pandemic is winding down and you're going out there just because you can see people again soon does not mean that you should settle for anyone close to Josh Radner is in this movie. Don't do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Remember, like if you were, would you want to be in lockdown with this person? Think about that. absolutely like, absolutely not yeah. yeah that is that is the bar would you like to be in lockdown with this person yeah think that's about something it. we think- gotta think about now like that is a litmus <laughs> for dating relationship sex all of it absolutely can you can you think of a, a a specific college romance movie like off the top of your head to suggest I, that's what i've been thinking about like yeah. while i was watching it because i'm actually surprised 
I mean, we've talked about this before that there's really not as many college movies as you would think. Um, like compared to how many high school movies there are, but I'm thinking about like a good college romance. Yeah. I keep thinking about, I keep thinking about high school movies. Yeah, and like I, I I googled like college romance movies, and they just gave me high school movies. Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Does, does romance happen in college? I don't know. Like I know that there was a very recent college romance movie called Shit House that um that came out, um which was also um distributed by IFC. This this movie Liberal Arts was too, but I don't really like Shit House. For similar reasons for that I don't like that I don't like this because the main guy character is so annoying and so whiny. And I think but I think that that's considered the appeal of shithouse is that it's like a sensitive a sensitive like uh boy it's a sensitive i don't know is it a millennial uh, a sensitive millennial gen z cusp boy and I, you know people seem to like shithouse i don't but you know uh, give it a try see see what it is that's i'm sure that i like as soon as we get i'm gonna think of something as soon as we I stop know, me recording too. i'm but, like i'm like but, scouring uh, <laughs> my brain but you know what we can always tweet it out when we post this if we think of something yeah, so I don't know. Try shit house anyway. Take care of yourself. Yes. Uh, drink water. Wear your mask. Um, if you if you can get vaccinated, please do. I still need to get vaccinated. Um, Me too. Yeah. So just you know, just take care of yourself. It's been it's been hard. You know, it's been it's been like over a year of quarantine now, and you know we've all been through it so definitely take care of yourself and do not watch this movie (laughs) yes agreed agreed with all of that i'm bronwyn isaac i'm jordan searles bye bye Yeah, let's go this truck. Maybe tomorrow.